show where we count things down from number five to number one. And this week, it's a very special top five. Top five show with just me. No Matthew this week, no Rodrigo this week. Uh, Rodrigo has a uh, sick pet problem that he has to take care of, and we hope his his animal is well. Uh, Matthew, no idea where he's at. Um, so this week's topic on top five, top five things that irritate me about Matthew. That's right. No, I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Although I guarantee someone someone's ears are burning right now. But here is the proposed top five. So this is going to be a shorter episode this week. But this week's top five, top five comics to read in the dark. Now I'm going to start off with my number five, which I think is is going to maybe surprise many of you. But uh, hear me out. And it has to go back with, obviously, your interpretation of the topic, right? So my number five is a 1952 collection of the Little Abner comic strips. And I know many of you are probably thinking, oh my gosh, that is scary. Just the drawings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No, this. So here's the deal. Way back a long time ago, not 1952, but definitely when I was probably a freshman in high school, we had a huge power outage uh, during a, a spring break time. We had a huge ice storm come in, knocked out power for like a week. Uh, my dad broke his ankle and had to be in a hospital for like three weeks. Well, basically a week and a half. Uh, and I was kind of left at home, you know, tending uh, everything. But with no electricity, the nights become very dark. And when you can't watch television and you can't listen to your radio because you don't have batteries and you don't want to run down the flashlight and you only want to use the flashlight in emergencies, you turn to candles. And so I remember during this storm, I was rolling in and the electricity had been turned off that uh, I had set up a candle against some mirrors so that I could get the light to bounce out. And it was enough bright light to where I could read this volume that my grandmother had given me of little Abner newspaper strips that had been gathered together in a little trade paperback kind of thing. Uh, And I know it was the 1952 storyline because this is the one that features little Abner getting married. And uh, what's his name? Um, Fearless Fosdick was also going to get married in this storyline. So there was a little bit of Sadie Hawkins Day stuff, the marriage of little Abner, and of course the Fearless Fosdick strips in there. Uh, but I remember this fondly years and years later, but technically it is a book to read in the dark because it was dark and there was no electricity when I read Little Abner uh, in this would have been like 1983, 84, something like that. So there you go. Now, I guarantee you that the rest of the the books on my list are just a little bit scary. In fact, the next one on my list, my number four, this one is a good one. This is Tales from the Crypt, uh, issue number, I want to say it's issue number 46. It is the final issue in the uh, storyline, or in the uh, series. Came out in 1955, so I've got a book from 1952, a book from 1955. Uh, This is from Jack Davis, and in Tales from the Crypt, uh, there were, you know, anywhere from three to four stories in there of, of suspense and horror And uh, the one that I remember is specifically, and I've tracked this down, Matthew and I have talked about it before, uh, issue number 46, my friend Tim, who lived down the road from me, I don't know if they were doing reprints in the uh, the 80s or not of these, and he was not one to just write buy comics, so I have a feeling that this may have been 
an original series of comics that may have been passed around or handed down from uh, in his family or something. But I remember he gave me uh, this copy of Tales from the Crypt, and he's like, oh, man, you got to read this. these stories in here. They're pretty crazy. So this collection uh, contains Upon Reflection, uh, where a local man turns vigilante when the mayor won't help him rid the town of a werewolf that's killing people. Uh, the mayor has his own reasons to not get involved, though. Ooh. Then there's one called Success Story from Joe Orlando. Uh, Elmer's selfish wife and her freeloading parents have always criticized him for his failure to uh, to get ahead in life, not realizing how literally he would take their words. So a little choppy, choppy action uh, going on in there. Then there's Graham Ingalls, uh, Tatter Up. A con man marries a sick old woman for her money, but finds out she has a very strange relationship with a local ragman, which I thought was kind of interesting and terrifying. But the one that terrified me the most is George Evans' Blind Alleys, which was the second story in the book. Uh, here we have a um, overseer who is taking care of the this uh, home for the blind. So all the people in this home are blind, and this guy has some evil dogs that he's always chasing after the the residents, and he doesn't do anything to fix up the place. Uh, he does nothing to care for them. He really, really treats them mean. And I mean, like mean, mean. Uh, if they fall down the stairs, ha ha, you know, that kind of stuff. And so what ends up happening is all the residents just turn against this guy and they lock him up in a closet. I think I want to say it's a closet or the basement or something like that. And then the guy is just like staring out through the walls, trying to figure out what they're doing. And he sees all these blind people, you know, doing things, uh, you know, building things and he doesn't know what's going on. And then finally they let him out and he realizes that they have built a maze for him to get through this home and try to find his way out into safety. The only problem is the walls are covered with straight edge razors. So like if you brush it against the wall, you're going to get cut. And he accidentally finds it out when he brush it, brushes up against it and he starts bleeding. And then they let the dogs out. These mean old dogs that they've been keeping locked away for days that uh, the meanest ones, and they've got the sin of blood and now they're chasing the, um, the the caretaker, the guy that's supposed to be taking care of the place, the landlord. And then I remember the very last uh, panel of this story is, and then the lights went out. And so he's running blind through this razor infested maze while these dogs are chasing him. You know, for a, for a comic that came out in 1955. And the fact that um, I remember, and I re- know I read this in the 80s. Uh, and still to this day, that is the story that sticks with me knows that this is a scary story that you may or may not want to read in the dark. Now, my number three is one that's a little bit different. Uh, It's a little bit more modern. And in fact, in my opinion, it is one of the two books that revived Archie Comics. Now, Archie Comics has been around forever. They've done some really interesting things. They've brought in lots of interesting characters. Uh, Certainly the um, uh, Married with Archie was kind of groundbreaking because it was like, what if Archie married Veronica? What if Archie married uh, Betty? But the one that I think really made Archie some money was Afterlife with Archie. Now, Afterlife with Archie by um, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. Uh, I believe I'm saying his name correctly, and I've got that in the right order. Uh, you know, he brought a horror element to Archie comics. And in Afterlife with Archie, it is essentially... Walking Dead meets Riverdale with a bunch of magic freaky stuff thrown in. And 
in this tale, unfortunately, both of both the tales, uh, both books that I'm going to be talking about are not complete. But in Afterlife with Archie, um, Reggie, is it Reggie, uh, runs over Hot Dog, Jughead's dog. And Jughead is so upset about this that he goes to Sabrina, the teenage witch, and says, can you do something to bring Hot Dog back? And, you know, Sabrina's like, sure, no problem. And she does a spell that brings Hot Dog back from the dead. And, of course, he's not right. And uh, one night, Jughead's like, why are you hiding underneath the, the, the porch there, Hot Dog? And Hot Dog comes out and bites him. And then the next thing we do, we see is Jughead as a zombie. And one by one, all the residents of Riverdale start getting turned into zombies. And we find out that this is all Sabrina's fault because she did a magic wrong. Uh, there's some really trippy stuff involving Lovecraft uh, and a fever dream that Sabrina has involving her her um, her aunts. The th- I mean, it's truly terrifying to see your beloved Archie characters. And this is done in a totally different style than what you are familiar with, with the with the Archie comics. Uh, but to see them done in a more realistic style and then suddenly seeing them all per- turn into zombies and you see them walking across the waste with guns and, and deciding who's going to live and who's going to die and all that stuff. It's pretty creepy. And then probably the creepiest part is I think it's at the end of I forget if this is issue nine or whatever it is. Uh, Sabrina is so freaked out. She ends up marrying Cthulhu. She becomes the bride of Cthulhu in this. The art in this is I believe it's Francesco Francovia that does the art in this. It is fantastic art. It is a fantastic series. Unfortunately, it has never been completed. It's been collected in a bunch of different volumes. But the problem is um, it just ends. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa uh, went on to work for the CW and doing the Riverdale series and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and all that kind of stuff. So he kind of got busy at Archie Comics. But, oh, man, if you want to read a really good and I know a lot of people really like The Walking Dead but Afterlife with Archie, really, really good. And I think it it outdoes anything that you're going to find in the Walking Dead series. And I know that's a lot of people are going to get upset about that. That's fine. Podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Okay, we are into our number twos. And my number two is one from Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. And it is Fatal. Um, it, I think there are three volumes in this. It was a 12 issue series. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's, uh, least five issues. So, um, uh, least 24 issues in this, this is the story about the femme fatale and how the detective is always following the femme fatale and trying to figure out what is her deal. Turns out the femme fatale, who is a madam, um, that he becomes obsessed with. She's destroying the lives of everyone whose paths she crosses. And it turns out there may be some evil Nazis that have uh, terrified her during the war. There may be some deals with demonic spirits. And uh, yeah, there may be a, a giant Cthulhu monster head that pops up in this book a time or two. This is a slow burn book. If you know Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, you know they do a lot of the true crime comics. And those are always a lot of fun. Um, but this one gets into some creepy territory, some, you know, cosmic horror type stuff that I don't think I've ever seen them do before. N- normally their true crime stuff is relatively grounded, uh, but this is the first time they kind of go off into that, that monster lurking around the corner and all the things that, 
that she is doing to try to escape the embrace of uh, essentially being the bride of Cthulhu, kind of like what I was just talking about with uh, Afterlife with Archie. Uh, but it's definitely worth checking out. If you like either of their uh, works, uh, they work best together, in my opinion. But if you've liked their previous works, and I think you're really going to enjoy Fatal. It ran for, I want to say, 24 issues over at Image Comics from uh, 2012 to like 2014, 2015, something like that. Definitely worth checking out and makes my number two on the top five comics to read in the dark. There's a lot of spooky little jump scare stuff that's in that book. My final one, my top five comic to read in the dark, at least this go around. I said uh, Afterlife with Archie was one of the two books that kind of revived Archie comics in a lot of people's minds. And my number one is The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Now, initially, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina was supposed to kind of be a reset of Sabrina's adventures in Afterlife with Archie. And back everything up and basically tell Sabrina's story leading up to the events that happen in Afterlife with Archie. Only, I don't know, and again, this is uh, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, and um, I forget who the artist was on, on this one. But this kind of takes Sabrina and puts her in a time and a place that looks familiar that isn't. If you've seen the Netflix series, you know that there's stuff that mixes modern day technology with you know, 1950s uh, aesthetics and kind of smashes those together. And that's kind of what's going on in this comic book. So you can see a lot of inspiration in the Netflix series from the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina uh, comic book series. And I think they just do a wonderful job in showing Sabrina being brought up, showing her trying to, you know, kind of discover who she is and yet push away from uh, those that are wanting her to become the bride of, of Satan Again, this is a series that never got finished. I don't know if it's collected. Um, I'm, I think the first arc was collected, but I'm pretty sure the second arc just kind of ended in a weird spot because um, her father, <laughs> this is the weirdest part, right? So Sabrina's dating a, a, a boy from, from school and her father is trapped in a tree in the forest and through, you know, mumbo jumbo magic shenanigans. He gets out and inhabits the body of her boyfriend. And Sabrina, again, uh, Sabrina is still very much attracted to her boyfriend without realizing that her father is inside. Ugh, it's kind of creepy just on that. But again, the art in this is very spooky. The nature of the tales of what's around every corner is very spooky and very creepy. And even though, you know, it doesn't have monsters coming out and biting people's heads off or, you know, people being decapitated or blood flowing freely on every third page or, you know, a Ryan Otley uh, uh, punch to the head resulting in a splattering of of brain and, and eyeballs all over the page. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has a creep factor that makes you want to go, I want to read more. I want to read more. Oh, God, why did Archie Comics allow the creator to just walk away and not come back and finish this book. And I think it will also be just creepy enough that if you're reading it in the dark, you know, with your flashlight under your covers, or if you're reading it before you go to bed, I think chilling adventures of Sabrina and really any of these uh, comics on my list, except for maybe little Abner um, are going to give you maybe some strange dreams. And if you can get some strange dreams from these five comics, then I think this top five is a success. What about you? Do you have five comics 
that you like to read in the dark? Do you have five scary comics? Maybe you just have five comics that, oh, here's a fun UFO story or a fun space story or maybe something that's scary or terrifying or whatever it may be. Here's what I want you to do. Because we don't have Matthew, because we don't have Rodrigo this week, this is where you, dear listener, play an important role. I want you to head over to our Major Spoilers Discord server. There's a link in the show notes. So if you are on your mobile device and you've got your podcast player, just look at the show notes for this episode. And you will see a link to the Discord. You can click on that, open up Discord, join our Discord server if you haven't already. Go into our top five um, channel. That's what they're called, channels. Go into the top five channel and list your five comics that you would read in the dark that you recommend and tell us why. Because here's what's going to happen. In a future episode... I will read your top five comics to read in the dark and we'll get Matthew and Rodrigo to come back in and we'll get, have them uh, come in and share their top five comics. That they'll read in the dark, but I will read your top five comics to read in the dark. And everyone's of course going to go over to the discord server and look at the list and see what you recommend. They're going to want to listen to more shows. They're going to want to talk to everybody about the, the comic books that they recommend to read in the dark. Why? Because everyone loves a list and we will see you next time. Take care. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.